Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Adam Talks, a podcast that takes an alternative look at retirement. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Adam Talks. On today's Adam Talks, we're going to be talking about hair deductions and why Trump's $70,000 hair deduction may not be as hairy as you think. So before I get started, I just want to again make a statement that this is a non-political podcast. This is a tax attorney's take on a New York Times report focusing on the reported $70,000 deduction for hairstyling. So again, this is a bipartisan podcast. My podcast is focused solely on an alternative take on retirement tax and investment topics. So I wanted to take an alternative look from a tax attorney standpoint of the report of a high number, uh, obviously $70,000 for hair seems like a pretty large amount, uh, some would say egregious, but I wanted to look more deeply at it and, and look at it from a tax accounting, tax uh, code standpoint versus a Democrat, Republican, or partisan standpoint. So again, this is a deduction based off the Internal Revenue Code, Section 162. This has nothing to do with Democrats, Republicans, independents. This has everything to do with the tax code and tax law. So I felt that myself as a tax attorney, someone with a master's in tax law, someone that's been practicing tax law for 20 years, someone that's worked at some of the largest law firms in the country, have a good perspective on what was reported by the New York Times. Uh, I did a bunch of podcasts, a long and short version, as well as a video on Trump's tax returns and tried to give you my take in terms of basically how real estate investors across the country are able to take advantage of the tax code and use the pass-through taxation principles of LLCs and S-Corps to uh, flow through deductions from real estate investments, which is pretty much a standard operating procedure for most real estate investors, at least the smart ones who have good attorneys and good accountants helping them, and tried to give you my perspective on why I was not shocked at all about the New York Times report about his tax return. So definitely check out those pods if you haven't already. Also the video, which you can see on YouTube if you are interested. But let me, let's go right into it because this is a, um, going to be a lengthy podcast. So bear with me. There's going to be some, um, discussions on some court cases that talk about ordinary and necessary business expenses, which I think you'll find interesting and helpful to try to get a better uh, viewpoint on uh, deductions and whether it's uh, permissible for someone to deduct hairstyling uh, or a business to, to deduct hairstyling costs. So um, according to the New York Times report that Mr. Trump spent more than $70,000 on hairstyling during several years of his run on The Apprentice, his reality TV show on NBC. Mr. Trump's production company deducted his hairstyling expenses from its taxable income, reducing its tax that's a very, very important point. We're going to get to that and spend a lot of time. This was not a personal deduction. Okay. A lot of the articles I read from various, um, 
large and small publications, news sources, talked about and they referenced court cases that talked about personal deductions where someone who was a anchor person deducted their makeup or styling, not through a business, but as a personal deduction. And that's a very big distinction in terms of deducting costs, right? You can, a business can deduct an ordinary and necessary business cost and an individual can't, right? So in order to be able to deduct that cost, you need to have a business and the deduction needs to be ordinary and necessary, which we'll get into. So there's a very big distinction between, you know, a, a TV person deducting hairstyling personal on their personal return, okay, as a deduction, above the line deduction versus a business deducting the cost of paying a hairstylist for their clients or their business-related work. That's a very big distinction, and I was surprised not to see that made clear in a lot of these articles. And they were from very uh, you know, reputable sources. So that's kind of what got me focused on doing this podcast because I think it needs to be reported clearly that there's a difference between someone taking a personal deduction and a business taking a deduction and having that business flow through the deductions to the individual by way of pass-through taxation, which means using a flow-through entity like an LLC or partnership to generate those deductions. So just some other um, facts from the New York Times, or I won't say facts, but I'll just say what was reported by the New York Times. Uh, the Apprentice, like every other network reality show, has its own hair and makeup stylist to tend to Mr. Trump and the show's contestants, uh, but they didn't cut Mr. Trump's hair and were weary of even touching a flyaway strand without his explicit permission. One of the show's stylists, Amy Lash, told the New York Post in 2016 that Mr. Trump arrived on the set fully quaffed. It's as if he got ready somewhere else first, she said, which, which is a good point, which is a good point for Mr. Trump that these hairstyling costs were borne by his production company and not by uh, NBC. So it's common for major stars to have their own hair and makeup experts. Often the show pays those stylists directly, which doesn't seem to have happened here. But sometimes the star pays and is reimbursed by the show, which, again, reimbursed, we're not sure. It's not clear where, whether Mr. Trump or his production company was reimbursed. Another key salient point. If he was reimbursed, then he should not have taken the deductions. If he was not reimbursed, which it doesn't appear that he was, then he, his deductions could be deemed ordinary and necessary. One reason for such arrangement is that the on-air talent uses non-union stylists who can't be paid directly by the show. In interviews, Mr. Trump has claimed that his wife, Melania, cuts his hair and that he won't let anyone else touch it. Okay. Mr. Trump's tax records reviewed by New York Times colleagues show that his television production company, Trump Productions, paid a Manhattan hairstylist and makeup artist Sharon Sinclair, at least 13300 in 2014, 36000 in 15, and 20000 in 2006. Okay, so that is potentially where that $70,000 comes from. The $70,000 is not during one year. The New York Times says it's during several years of his run. So we don't know what several means. Is it three? Is it six? Is it eight? Right? When you divide 70000 by seven years, 10000 a year doesn't seem as egregious as 70,000 in one year, right? So again, facts matter. Um, reporting something um, without knowing the facts and without, uh, I think, getting more facts is, is hard to do. I'm not sure they even should have uh, honestly went with this article. Um, there's a lot of holes. We don't, we don't know much about whether 
how, how it was deducted, um, whether it was reimbursed, um, and also we don't know a lot of the facts. How many years were these uh, deductions for? So it's it's tough to know. Um, but again, as a tax attorney, I'm going to give you my take, and we're going to go through some tax court cases and, and some other uh, cases to see you know what's ordinary and necessary. And, and ultimately, it's up to the IRS to decide whether the deduction uh, is is um, uh, legal or not. But again, I think we all can have our perspective. So from 2007 to 2013, number of Trump companies, including Trump Productions, also deducted a total of 95,000 in payments to long-time hairstylists of Ivanka Trump, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump's daughter, who also appeared in The Apprentice. Okay, so here you're talking about six or seven years, 95,000 bucks, so about 12 or $13,000 uh, a year, about a thousand bucks a month. Okay, it's it's high for most Americans, but in New York City, uh, I can tell you, I lived there for ten years, and uh, I dated and married someone from there. Um, it's not a, it's not unheard of to spend you know close to a thousand bucks a month for hair and color and all that stuff. So especially someone who's on TV. And again, based off some facts. And some of the research I did, it seems that um, Ivanka was paid um, out of the production companies. The production companies seemingly hired stylists for Mr. Trump and daughter and whoever else was employed by the production company. And then I assume the production company had some uh, relationship business-wise with Apprentice Show, and that's how the arrangement worked. I'd be surprised if there was any reimbursement. It seems that Mr. Trump's production company dealt with all the, you know, back-end production uh, features uh, of his uh, of his performance and work regarding The Apprentice. So again, th- that's just not something we know about. But based off what I've researched, it seems like it's possible. Um, so let's now get into now we know some of the at least what was reported by the New York Times, facts or otherwise. Um, let's talk about uh, what a deduction is. So again. Before we get into that, it's up to the IRS to determine if a deduction is legal or illegal, right? It's not up to us. Um, it's usually the IRS, and ultimately, if the IRS can't agree with the taxpayer, it will go to court, and then a court will decide whether the deduction was legal or not, right? So the big distinction, as we talked about earlier, personal versus a business deduction. Much harder, as we'll see with, by some statistics, to claim an individual claiming a business deduction. You're always going to lose, almost always, versus a business where, depending on the facts and circumstances, there's a much stronger chance of having the IRS or a court accept the deductions, okay? So um, let's talk about what's a business deduction, right? And you have to go right to the tax code, okay? Section 162A, the Internal Revenue Code, defines business expenses as ordinary and necessary expenses of carrying on a trade or business. Generally, business expenses are tax deductible. However, the IRS does not provide a compendium of general business expenses, leaving it to the taxpayer to divine such from its definable criteria, ordinary and necessary. In fact, the term ordinary and necessary were not defined in the original statute establishing the Internal Revenue Code leaving it to the tax courts to establish their meaning through case law. So let's go through some of the case law. McCullough versus Maryland, actually an 1819 Supreme Court case, separately defined term necessary in a non-rigorous sense 
as frequency importing no more than that one thing is convenient or useful or essential or appropriate. It rejected the limited meaning that a necessary thing had to be absolutely necessary or indispensable, concluding that facts and circumstances of the thing as well as the intentions of the person using the word are relevant to the meaning. Okay, Welch v. Helverine, which is 1933 Supreme Court case, very important case. There's also a landmark case in the definition of the term ordinary. It stated that even though the term ordinary always connotes a strain of constancy within it, it is nonetheless a variable affected by time and place and circumstances and does not mean that its referent expenditure must be habitual or normal in the sense that the same taxpayer will have to make them often, adding, it may happen once in a lifetime, unique in the life of the individual affected, but not in the life of the group, the community of which he is a part. Here, indeed, as so often in other branches of the law, the decisive distinctions are those of degree and not of kind. Again, as with the term necessary, facts and circumstances and degree prevail over any absolute standard. Let's go now to Deputy v. DuPont, another Supreme Court case from 1940. The Supreme Court defined ordinary as normal, usual, and customary, reaffirming the Welsh case by explaining that though an expense happens but once in the taxpayer's lifetime, if the transaction gives rise to it as of common and frequent occurrence in the type of business involved, it is ordinary. He concludes that the kind of transaction out of which the obligation arose and its normalcy in the particular business are crucial and controlling. The term necessary for tax purposes has a wider definition than found in common usage today. As the tax cases illustrate, the expense does not have to be absolutely necessary. It doesn't have to be absolutely necessary in the sense that it is indispensable to carry on the business. It only needs to be helpful to one's business as well as appropriate for one's business. For instance, renting an office is certainly helpful for the practice of law, providing a place for the attorney to meet with clients and for its employees to work. However, renting an office is not absolutely necessary for an attorney to conduct his business or her business. Right? They can technically do it from home. So that is a very important distinction between what's helpful and what's necessary. So to be deductible, business expense must be both ordinary and necessary. An ordinary expense is one that is common and accepted in your trade or business. A necessary expense is one that is helpful and appropriate for your trade and business. An expense does not have to be indispensable to be considered necessary, okay? So again, that is a super important distinction between a expense that is deemed ordinary and necessary and satisfy the rules under section 162 of the code versus a illegal deduction, something that is not deemed a ordinary and necessary deduction. And unfortunately, it all comes down to facts and circumstances, as we see from these uh, Supreme Court examples. So it's hard to just put a bunch of information on a piece of paper without having all the facts 
and then having a tax commentator saying that it's absolutely an egregious expense or it's a legal expense or it's tax avoidance or even criminal, which I've read, which I was shocked about because without knowing the expenses, how could you say some uh, activity is criminal? And again, it's important to distinguish between a personal deduction, which um, some of these articles uh, refer to, for example, a 2011 tax court case involving a news anchor at an NBC affiliate in Columbus, Ohio, uh, who deducted her hair care expenses on the ground that her job required it. And she was a full-time ambassador for the station. So she was an employee of this NBC affiliate and deducted her hair costs. That's very different than having a production company that's in the business of developing television production activities and providing those services and having that company go out and pay a hairstylist as an independent contractor to provide services and hairstyling services for its team, its employees, i.e. Mr. Trump or Ivanka or whoever else was involved over a number of years that generated revenues from the production of television shows, i.e. The Apprentice. It's a very big distinction between a news anchor fully paid as a W-2 employee of NBC and then deducting those, those costs personally. Okay. And that is a issue that I saw with some of these articles where the distinction wasn't provided to the reader of the difference between personal and business deductions. Okay. And, and that's super important because let's, let's talk about what does a production company do, right? Production companies, they produce, market, and distribute films, digital ads, television programs, film production companies do a great number of things, mostly centered on pre-production uh, process. They can help develop content, produce content, even help with post-production or hiring directors and crew. Film production company works on the process of producing video content for television and social media. Okay, so based off what I was able to um, devise uh, from uh, reports, uh, New York Times and other reports involving Trump organization and Trump production company, it seems that the Trump production company had some business relationship with NBC and Apprentice. It um, hired, uh, whether it's Ivanka and other um, uh, individuals to provide uh, services to the production company. It was in charge of um, producing content um, for Apprentice or other sources. And again, it then paid hairstylists, makeup stylists to um, provide services to its employees, i.e. Uh, President Trump, Ivanka, whoever else was employed by the production company. There's nothing illegal to hire your daughter so long as it's, a bo it's for bona fide services and not um, for, for non-bona fide services. And as long as the compensation was reasonable, there's nothing wrong with, with hiring your daughter to provide services. And again, there's nothing wrong if you're a production company for hiring makeup and hairstylists uh, to provide services for your employees. So long as Mr. Trump wasn't reimbursed by NBC, um, it's potentially feasible and it's potentially an ordinary and necessary deduction for that production company to have paid hairstylists for, for those uh, services. Again, so it's, it's not up to me. It's ultimately up to the IRS to decide whether these you know, expenses, the $70,000 hairstyling expense, was legal and justifiable. So the deductibility of trade or business expenses has long been among the most 10 litigated issues um, according to the IRS. And this is from a 2013 annual report, Trader Business Expenses under Internal Revenue Code Section 162. 
from the IRS. The IRS uh, stated that they identified 134 cases involving trader business that were litigated between June 1st, 2012 and May 31st, 2013. The court affirmed the IRS position in the vast majority, approximately 74%, while taxpayers fully prevailed in about 2% of the time. The remaining cases resulted in split decisions. Okay. Generally, the taxpayer bears the burden of proving that he or she is entitled to a business expense deduction, and the IRS proposed determination of tax liability is incorrect. However, on, under Internal Revenue Code Section 7491A, it provides the burden of proof shifts to the IRS when the taxpayer introduces credible evidence with respect to any factual issue relevant to ascertaining the taxpayer's liability, complies with the requirements to substantiate the deduction, maintains all records required under the code, and cooperates with reasonable requests by the IRS for witnesses, information, documents, meetings, and interviews. Okay, so that's how the burden shifts from the taxpayer to the IRS. So when you look at businesses, okay, out of these 134 cases, yes, the IRS did prevail in, in majority of them, but um, there were split decisions um, in about... Um, 30% of them or so, uh, but 20, actually a little less, but 25%. So they're just because the IRS does claim a deduction was um, aggressive, uh, doesn't mean it always wins. Uh, and again, that's the difference. If you look at what happened if you came across an individual. So if you look at um, individuals, no individual taxpayers receive full refund while only one earned a split decision. The court upheld the IRS position in 10 of the 11 cases. So where you have instances where individuals, i.e. the anchor person, came and tried to argue against a business deduction, they lost uh, 91% of the time Okay, versus about 74% of the time um, when the business actually uh, claimed the deduction versus the individual. So again, a very big distinction between Trump organization claiming the deduction and having that deduction pass through to President Trump's tax return versus President Trump actually uh, incurring that deduction individually. So I think in, sum in summation, we need more info. We need to understand the source of expenses. We need to understand better the business relationship between Trump production and NBC. We need to know whether President Trump was reimbursed for those expenses. Okay, with all that facts, you can't definitively say an expense was aggressive or illegal or not. So you could assume things, assume facts, you can make um, a qualified uh, conclusion, but none of us know all the facts and none of us, I think, are able to 100% um, give an opinion whether 70,000 paid for hairstyling over six or seven years was a ordinary and necessary business deduction under 162. We know the deduction did come from a Trump production company. So right away, he has a foundation to stand on. If the deduction came from a personal individual capacity, I think, uh, and I would agree with uh, most of the conclusions that he'd have no foundation, no, nothing to stand on, and pretty much um, you could argue that the deduction would not be respected by the IRS. I won't go a step further and say it's illegal or aggressive. Uh, I would just um, probably uh, conclude that it would not be accepted by um, the IRS. But once it's in a business and the business has 
um, activities. It has a purpose and the business was operational. Uh, now the determination of whether it's ordinary or necessary, depending on what status of the audit it's in, could shift ultimately to the IRS to prove. And that's potentially one of the um, audit issues that um, President Trump is under. Uh, doesn't mean he's going to lose. We see that in uh, 74% of the cases he could lose, but in about 20 or so percent, there's some type of um, compromise. So we don't know much more than that. I think you need to understand um, as a tax attorney, it's important that facts matter. You can't, I'm not going to sit here and definitively say he was right or wrong uh, or whether the expenses were aggressive or not. All I'm trying to do is point out that we need more information. We should look at Welsh v. Helvering. We should look at the definition of what an ordinary and necessary deduction is. Um, it doesn't have to be something that happens every day. It, it could be something that um, is common and accepted and helpful and appropriate to the business. So clearly, uh, as a production company, you want your stars to look good. And that's clearly uh, an expense that could be argued is ordinary and necessary for a production company, um, especially if those expenses aren't being reimbursed by NBC. And that's something they're doing, not just for Mr. Trump, but for the other employees like Ivanka or whoever else is employed under that production company. Those deductions could have weight. They could have suitability. They could be deemed legitimate. I don't know. I don't work for the IRS. I'm not a tax court or Supreme Court justice. That's not my job. My job is uh, a tax attorney, someone objective, is to point out that all the reports out there stating that these $70,000 are illegal, egregious. Um, I think they're... Um, going a little bit too far. Um, I think you can provide, uh, you need to provide better context. You need to say that um, there's arguments on both sides. This is one of the arguments. The other argument is, hey, um, this could be deemed reasonable and necessary. This is not a personal deduction. And that's, again, something that's bothered me. Reading a number of articles and in a number of very uh, respectable uh, publications, they didn't make the distinction that this was not something that President Trump just paid for himself with his credit card or with cash, and now he's just deducting on his tax return. No, this was paid by the Trump production company to hairstylists, right? As independent contractors of the company. This was not President Trump just going to, uh, you know, crazy cuts or somewhere on the corner and just, you know, paying thousands of dollars for haircuts. This is something that a company he owns paid for him and other um, talent that the production company had. Um, and again, whether it was legitimate or not, that's not my call. That's up to the IRS. And um, I'm sure they're, they're um, going to look at that. And if they are looking at it, they will. If, if Trump and the IRS can't agree on the suitability deduction, then it ultimately could go to uh, court, whether it's federal court or tax court. But again, my point and my purpose for doing this podcast, again, is to take an alternative take on taxes, investments, and retirement. And just, it's important to look at things, uh, at least I like to look at things from a tax code standpoint, since this is a tax deduction. This is not a political report. This is not a political podcast. I'm coming at you totally bipartisan as a tax attorney, as um, instead of President Trump, this is John Doe, who has $70,000 deductions over a number of years um, from a business he operates. Um, now we need to look at case law. We need to look at what the IRS says. And then it's ultimately, if it's questioned, it's ultimately up to the IRS or a tax court to decide. So um, I hope you found the podcast interesting. Uh, I really enjoyed preparing for this. I, I spent about a week 
doing research on this off and on, uh, looking at a number of cases, reading a lot of publications from the IRS and from um, various tax sources on 162 deductions. Um, spent a lot of time researching the difference between business and personal deductions and how the IRS views them and the success in litigating a claim against a personal deduction versus a business deduction. And ultimately tried to research more about how the Trump production company worked. Fortunately, there's not a lot of information, not a lot of sources on uh, any type of relationship between Trump production and NBC or The Apprentice. So I'm just kind of going off what I read and just going on assumptions based off how I uh, think a, a production company would uh, interact with a um, studio like NBC and a, a show like The Apprentice. So um, again, I wish I had more facts, but I think if you take anything away from this, it's, um, it's important to see both sides. It's important to get all the facts and it's important to understand the details of a, um, of a matter, of a case. And this is a, a tax deduction. So um, it's important to understand how the deductions originated. Were they personal or business? Then are they ordinary or necessary? How the deductions were paid? How many years were they paid off? $70,000 in one year looks a lot differently than $70,000 paid over seven years. Okay. So um, unfortunately, things are just very political now. Um, elections coming up. Things are a little bit crazy. Um, but again, it's important to step back. Um, and uh, that's what I think I've done. I hope I've done a good job to kind of step back and say, hey, you may love Trump. You may hate Trump. You may be indifferent to Trump. But take away Trump's name and put John Doe's name. And now John Doe's claiming $70,000 in hair deductions from a business. Now, it's not... And that's a big distinction. Again, it's not President Trump claiming the individual deductions. It's the Trump organization that had the deduction pass through its company to President Trump's tax return, which is a very big distinction. And um, I didn't see that distinction clarified and colored enough in the publications I read, um, which is the main reason I'm doing this podcast is to let everyone know that, hey, uh, what you read is not always um, you know, 100% um, you know, accurate. There's, there's some, um, color that needs to be shed on this. And I hope I did a good job, um, doing that and, and just letting people know that, um, taxes are complicated. A lot of, uh, a lot of the tax code is, is, uh, based off facts and circumstances in terms of how you apply the code. That's why I love it so much. It's a puzzle. Um, the tax code, is in depth and there's regulations and there's then courts that interpret it and revenue rulings and all kinds of other IRS publications. Um, but it's also fitting in your facts into what the tax code says, which is what I love and which my passion is. And um, that's kind of why I wanted to do this podcast so you guys can get an alternative look at the New York Times report on the Trump organization's $70,000 in hair deduction. So I uh, hope everyone's healthy and safe. Um, definitely check out, if you're interested in this topic, check out my other podcasts and videos on uh, Trump's uh, tax returns uh, based off what was reported by the New York Times. I think you'll find it uh, very interesting, or at least uh, a different take and hopefully a objective partisan tax attorney's take. So thanks for all your support. Thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. If you're listening on Apple, please uh, give us a five-star rating. That will help bump up the podcast so more people can listen to it. Um, and um, really appreciate you guys listening. 
and I will talk to you all, all you guys next week. Thanks again for listening and, and stay safe.